0: We've been looking at the book of James, and we had a, and there's my music, so you can tell this is going to be a special Sunday. I don't know why that's going on. Is there a reason that's going on? Is that my music? Oh, Bob, it's all part of the show, everybody. All part of the show. Yeah, thank, thank you. <laughs> now that's real dramatic, right? Now I have to say something really cool. Um, Yes, anyways, we've been going through the book of James for the past several months and we are going to continue that book. And But we've, we've taken several pauses along the way and we're going to do that again today just because we think there's something fitting we should talk about. And like we said, we're three weeks into the new year, so we're going to pause James and then, Lord willing, get back into it next Sunday as we start James chapter 5, which is the last chapter of James. But if you have your Bibles, join me in 1 Corinthians today, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. ...as we look at a lesson called Nothing But Jesus. Yeah, if you could click me over there, Jerry, I'll take over from there get to the PowerPoint slide. Nothing But Jesus is the title of our lesson today. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 2, the first part of it, and then we're going to jump around First Corinthians just a little bit. And while we get the slides up there, I'm going to ask you guys a question as an illustration this morning. Do you ever love it when you get something really valuable... Don't you like that when you find something of value, something that's worth its money, worth its time? I like that. It doesn't happen all the time. So when you find something that's really valuable, it's really special. I remember when I got married to my wife, I considered her incredibly special and valuable. I still do. And uh, there's just times in life where you, you get something really valuable and it, it works out really, really well. Well, I'm going to use an illustration this morning then we'll see how it goes. But I want you guys to go shopping with me this morning. I want us to find something valuable pertaining to our needs. Okay, I'm going to give you 10 hypothetical needs that we have, and I want you guys to help me figure out what would be the most valuable thing we could get to cover our needs. How's that sound? Okay, 10 things, and I want feedback. Okay, so we're going to go on a hike together, number one. We're going to go on a hike together, and we need a tool, something to help us along the way. And one of the people in our group says, well, I think we should have a nail file. What if our nails get long? What if we need to file our nails? And the second person's like, ah, that's, that's ridiculous. What we need is a small knife. We need a small knife. That'd be a good thing to have along a hike. The third person says, well, what if we want to look at something close? What if we want to see if something's dangerous? Would it be nice to have a magnifying glass? And the fourth person in our group, the crazed wino, says, well, I think we should have a corkscrew. We should have a corkscrew along our journey just so we can, in case we need to pop open a bottle. So, guys, we need a nail file, a small knife, a magnifying glass, and a corkscrew. Please humor me today. What would be the thing we should buy to take care of those needs? A knife. A knife. knife. So, you're you're taking one out of the four instead of finding one thing that fits all four? What if you wanted all four, though? Humor me. If you wanted all four, but you could only bring one tool? Say it again Swiss Army knife. Swiss Army knife. Okay. I didn't feed him that answer. Alright, there's a code along the way. I want you guys to figure this out, okay? So that number one, you can tell where we're going. Number two, we want to go somewhere to lunch. And the first person says, Well, I want to go where they serve short ribs. I love short ribs, which I really do. The uh, second person says, I want to go somewhere they served mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. The third bar says, well, I the third person says, Well, I'm watching what I eat. I want to go where they serve a salad bar. Somewhere they have salad. And then the fourth person in our group, the, the person with the sweet tooth, says, Well, I want to go somewhere they serve soft serve ice cream. So where do we go? We need short ribs, mashed potatoes, salad bar, and soft serve ice cream. Is there anywhere like that? Where would you go? Golden Corral? Is that still around here, by the way? No, no Golden Corrals? Or just a what? What's the generic version of Golden Corral? Smorgasbord, Smorgasbord, a buffet. That's right, a buffet, you can get all of those. Is that true? You can get short ribs, mashed potatoes, salad bar, soft serve ice cream. You're cracking the code, okay? We're trying to find something that suits all the needs. Number three, we want to go see some animals. Person one says, I want to see some monkeys. Person two says, I want to see something big like a giraffe. Third person says, you're crazy. We need to go see something fierce like a lion. And the fourth, per- the fourth person, the crazy person says, let's go see the snakes. I want to go see some snakes. Where do we go, guys? We want to see monkeys, giraffes, lions, and snakes. Disney Where should we go? Where? Disney World. Disney World? Do they have those? I've never been to Disney World. Where Washington State? No, Washington D.C. Oh, <laughs> the Capitol. That was a political joke. You missed me. Went right over the head there. Who are the giraffes in that? No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. So, uh, uh, what? Uh, well, where else could we go? Somewhere around here, we wouldn't have to go real far. The zoo. the zoo. We go to the zoo. We find all those animals. Thank you. Okay, number four is we want to go on a road trip. First person says, "Well, we've got to have snacks on this road trip." Second person says, well, what about some luggage to carry everything? We need to get some luggage. Third person says, well, I want to get some entertainment. I want some movies and some music. And then the fourth person says, well, what about a change of clothes? We need to get some clothes. Where should we go? Snacks, luggage, entertainment, and clothes. Where would we go get all of those? The mall, Walmart, Amazon, if you want. we got to go somewhere that has everything, right? That's our our valuable shopping destination. How about number five? We want to have some fun. First person says, I want to go where there's some fun rides. Where would be some fun rides? Let's go on some rides together. Number two says, well, I want to eat some good food. Let's go where there's some good food. Number three says, well, i want to go where I can buy some souvenirs. And the fourth person says, well, I'd like to get nauseated, wait in long lines, and get sunburned. Where would we go? Rides? What'd you say? Any... Amusement park, that's right. You could do Disney or Six Flags or whatever's out there. No. Knobles, yeah. See, I, I, You can tell that last answer. I'm not a huge fan of, of amusement parks. Get nauseated, wait in long lines. That would be me. Uh, number six, we want to do something fun, but at home. We don't want to wear any of those masks, right? We're sick of masks. So we want to have fun, but we want to do it at home. We want to, The first person says, I want to play some games. Number two person says, well, I want to watch some movies. Third person says, I want to listen to some music. I want to do something chill. Let's listen to some music. And the fourth person says, well, I want to tag and poke some people on Facebook. What do we do? We want music, movies, games, and social media. What should we do? Have some fun at home. What do we need? Is there something that can do all of those? An iPad. The Internet. A computer, right? That's what we need. We can take care of all of that with one device. The Swiss Army knife of tech. Uh, Number seven, we want to see something amazing. The first person wants to see mountains. Who likes mountain ranges? Let's go see some mountains. The second person says, well, I want to see a beach. I want to see some beaches. Third person says, I want to go see some rolling grassy hills. That would be beautiful. Let's go see that. And the fourth person says, well, I want to see some people with some funny accents. Where can we get all of that? Mountains, beaches, rolling hills, and people with funny accents. Where would you go? Where? Where? California? Do they have all that in California? Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking Europe. I've never been to Europe, but I think they have all of those. But California, right? They have all of those, do they? Funny accents, like the surfer ones we were talking about. Okay. Yeah, no. What's that? Yeah. Hang yeah. <laughs> ten. Uh, number eight. We want to exercise. First person says we need to run. We we got to go somewhere we can run. Second person says, well, we should lift some weights. That's the way to exercise. The third person says, "Now nah, we should ride a bike. And the fourth person says, well, I want to burn some calories while watching other people exercise by laughing. Where can we get all of that done? Gym. <laughs> the gym. You guys are cracking the code now. All right, good job. couple more. Hang out. We want to hang out with somebody great. We just want to hang out with somebody was, who's just a great personality. First person says, well, I'm going to hang out with somebody who's funny. I love to laugh. Second person says, well, I'm not hanging out with anybody unless they're godly. They've got to be godly. Third person says, well, I want to hang out with somebody smart. And the fourth person says, well, I want to hang out with somebody who's good-looking. What do you think, guys? Someone who's funny, godly, smart, and good-looking. You, Bob! Bob, pay you later, buddy. Good job, Bob. Good job, right? That's where You want to hang out with Pastor Todd? I'm teasing a little bit. And number ten. Number ten is our serious one to segue to us to our lesson today. Number number ten is we want to be satisfied completely. Person one says, "Well, I want to be safe and secure after 2020 and 2021. I want some safety. I want some security." Second person says, "Well, I want joy." Third person says, "Well, it's not important to have joy and security unless you're right before God. I want to be right before God." And the last person says, "I want to live forever." To who would we go if we want safety, security, joy, rightness before God, and live forever? What did you say, Benson? Jesus. Jesus. Wouldn't we go to Jesus for everything? And that's kind of where we're headed. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Read a small portion from chapter 2, and then we're going to jump around here a little bit. I want, to, I want you to notice the first five verses of 1 Corinthians 2. Listen to what Paul says. He says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We've had a lot going on these days, haven't we? There's a lot happening these days, and it's almost impossible to process it all, is it not? It is for me. We have political parties on polar opposite spectrums of what they think is right. We have theories and opinions and conspiracy theories. We have different points of view. We have fact-checking websites. We have pro-mask people. We have anti-mask people. We have people in the middle. We have pandemics. We have coups. We have racial injustice. We have forest fires. We have scandals of all shapes and sizes. We have financial recessions. We had another impeachment. We have people dying that we care about. And we have anxiety and worry of the likes that we've never seen before. And they're telling us that the darkest days are ahead of us. Then you have church leaders like Pastor Mel and I wondering what to preach on, how to guide our people through these weird days. I've actually listened to a few pastors during these weird months who have chimed in with their own opinions on the matter and actually have used the word of God to support those opinions. It's common. But your pastors at Wyoming Valley Church believe the last thing you need these days is another opinion from a fallen man. Pastor Mel and I have been called to lead you guys and we do have wisdom given to us from God to do so to proclaim that wisdom, to help God's people think and act properly during these weird days. But as we've said before and we say again, this is not our church. This is not our pulpit. And although I can be a pretty opinionated person, just ask my wife, you do not need my opinions in your life. My opinions and my theories, they aren't worth hardly anything except for maybe some food for thought. You don't need My opinions but I have been given something to help you. I have been given something from God to help you, something that can help you more than anything else. Yes, the Bible. Yes, the Holy Spirit. Yes, a portion of the mind and the will of God. But something incredibly incredibly special and unique has been given to me for your benefit. Something or someone that I want to lay before you today. See, the book of James that we've been going through has been a phenomenal book study. I hope you believe that. It's been a really powerful, really helpful book study for me, and I hope it is for you as well. And we are going to finish that book very soon, Lord willing. But several times during the series, we've taken breaks from this book in order to give you something that we believe you need during these days. And this is another Sunday that we could have continued in James, and the Lord would have blessed that. Or we can pause. Pause. We could try to freshen our minds and our hearts towards what is most needed right now, Most needed, because it's now 2021. And the days, again, according to the news media, is getting darker. And I love the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is one of my heroes, because although he was quite a brilliant man, he really was, he learned, by experience, there was only one truly important person that he should boast in. One. One, not many, not several, not dozens. One. And that made Paul not only the smartest man who ever lived besides Jesus, but also the richest, also the best investor that ever lived. And I'm sure if we were able to have the Apostle Paul around today and convince him to be on a panel of the greatest biblical thinkers of the day, Paul would be able to give us his vast knowledge on the crazy things we're facing in 2020 and 2021. But he wouldn't. I don't believe he would. Because Paul had learned better than that. He was too smart to stoop down and give himself to the vain matters of this world. The Apostle Paul, like your pastors, was simply a conduit to someone so much greater, so much wiser, so much more powerful than he is. And Paul considered himself to be a privileged conduit to that person. Our subject and our object today is the Lord Jesus and Him alone. Jesus. As Benson mentioned, I'm thankful to be talking to you today about Jesus because I believe that's what we need the most. Paul told the Corinthian church that he had many things to impart to them, many things, but he decided to know nothing among them except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what he said. I knew nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it's not because Paul was a simple-minded man and could only process one thing. I believe Paul may have been a true genius, perhaps one of the smartest men who ever lived. But he calculated that his wisdom, compared to the wisdom and beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ, was rubbish or nonsense in comparison to what Jesus could give us. You see, nobody really needed Paul's wisdom. Nobody really needed Paul's wisdom. We don't need more opinions from more smart and informed people, do we? We don't need any more of those. We have plenty of those today. So Paul laid aside his own wisdom. He laid aside his own talents. He laid aside his own opinions for the sake of the one who can truly change hearts. Because as Paul has taught us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's that true love means giving people what they need. True love means giving people what can truly help them. And so today, I, your pastor, follow suit on the Apostle Paul's model. You don't need me to expound on politics or the coronavirus or the future state of America. You don't need me to tell you what I believe about the pandemic and the U.S. government. You don't need Todd Walker guessing at what's around the corner for the average U.S. citizen. And the reason you don't need that is not because it's not important. It's because it's temporary. It's temporary. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, our Creator, has laid the heavens above us, the skies. I wish we could see Him right now and just gaze up at the skies and the heavens above us. And He's done that on purpose so we can gaze up, we can look, and we can get lost in the vastness of the skies. And I've done that on occasion. Maybe you guys have as well. Maybe the night sky, you just look up and go, man, it's so vast and so big. And you can remember there's something, there's someone so much bigger than this puny little earth and the insignificant stuff that happens here. In 1 Corinthians 2, sometimes when people speak about this passage, people have said that Paul spoke about nothing beyond the gospel and how to get saved. That somehow practical Christian living wasn't worth Paul's time. That's what people have said, at least that I've heard on this passage, But that's silly. If you just read the book of 1 Corinthians, the very book we're in right now, written by the Apostle Paul, we find out easily Paul spoke so often about very specific topics related to the Christian life and how to act like a proper church. He spoke about sins and how to fight against them. He taught on spiritual gifts and how to use them. He spoke about communion and how to observe it properly. He spoke about the role of women in the church. He spoke about marriage. He spoke about overcoming divisions and disagreements, etc, etc, etc. So Paul is not telling us today that he only spoke about how to get saved or only spoke about Jesus dying on the cross. That's not what he meant. What Paul meant here is that he didn't come with his own message. He didn't come with his own message. He didn't come with any other agenda than what comes from Jesus and his gospel. That's what Paul meant. I did not come with lofty speech. I did not come with plausible arguments. I didn't come with theories. And opinions on the matter, I came only with the message of the gospel. That's what I came with. Paul meant that anything less than what comes from Jesus and his gospel was too shallow and too unhelpful to speak about. It was too shallow. I believe if Paul was alive today, he wouldn't be speaking about politics or the financial state of our nation, not because it's wrong to do so, but because it's too shallow in comparison to the things of eternal life that come from our Lord Jesus Christ. Things that are going on right now in the eternal heavenly government. There is something much deeper to give ourselves and our speech to than the things of this earth. I hope you know that. That's why we're here. It's deeper. It's better. It's greater. In fact, I want you to listen to what Paul says only a chapter later in chapter 3. Turn your Bibles over to chapter 3. And listen to what Paul says in regard to the wisdom that comes from this world. Listen to what he says. In verse 18, Paul says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Let him become a fool that he may become wise. Do you see what worldly wisdom is worth? Not much. Not much. In fact, Paul says it's so much better to become a fool according to the wisdom of this world in order that we may become wise according to Christ. Once again, worldly wisdom isn't wrong necessarily, it's too shallow. It's too shallow. For those who have been in the deep end of Christianity. Have you been in the deep end of Christianity? Have you been in the deep end of the things of God and his scriptures? If you're waiting around in the shallow pool today, I believe you either have never been to the deep end or it's been too long that you've forgotten what it's like. If we're waiting around in the shallow pool today, then we need to get back in the deep end and remember there are greater things than what goes on in this world You see, worldly wisdom can't satisfy those who have dove into the deep end of eternal life, eternal matters, and sat at the feet of the king of kings and have learned about what's important in the kingdom of heaven. Paul said in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He had been in the deep end, and he's telling his readers, set your mind on the deep end. Get in the deep end And people that have spent time with Jesus and his gospel, they can't go back to caring primarily about the things that are going to pass away. They can't go back. Once you're in the deep end, it's very difficult to go back to the shallow pool. I don't care what happens in the shallow end any longer because I'm pertaining to things that matter in the deep end, things that matter forever, things that matter in the heavenly government. I've been to the deep end. I don't want to go back to the shallow pool. But why? Why is the gospel and the truths that come from Jesus far better? Why are they far deeper? Why are they far more valuable than anything we could learn from this world? Because this world has some good stuff, right? This world has some good stuff. It's not wrong, all of it. But why is the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ so far more valuable? Well, I'm going to give you five reasons, okay? Five reasons that I believe we need nothing but Jesus. Nothing but Jesus. Number one. Number one reason we need nothing but Jesus. And I've said this before and I say it again, you and I have deep souls. We have deep souls. We have been created with deep, vast souls. And those souls long for something that's significant and profound to live for. It wants something profound. And maybe you know by experience that this world cannot and will never satisfy you. We know that biblically, And I believe we know that experientially. Have you ever tried to attain something that you really thought was going to satisfy you? Some possession, some person, and you said, as soon as I get that or them, I will be happy. If I get this, if I get that, I will be satisfied. I will be content. I will need nothing else. I remember saying that to my parents as a little kid. Guys, if you get me this for Christmas, I never need another Christmas present ever. Until next, well, it's probably next week. Um, But have you ever done that in life? You got something and you believed it was going to satisfy you and then you got it. Did it? Did it satisfy you? See, our souls are too deep. We can never be satisfied with something that cannot come close to filling those deep souls that we have. Once again, the deepest things of this world According to this world, there are some deep things in the the government and the news media. They're talking about them right now. They're deep. They're deep according to the world. But you know what? According to Christ, they're shallow. They're shallow. And we know it. We've been there. And it hasn't satisfied. It doesn't do it for us. Because it's too shallow for the mind and the heart of the Christian. And number one reason we need nothing but Jesus is we have deep souls. And they cannot be filled with anything that is shallow. We will always be left wanting, craving, yearning for something greater because we were made to have Jesus and only Jesus. Second reason we need nothing but Jesus is that the world is temporary and Christ is forever. The world is temporary. No matter how good and satisfying something lasts, if it's temporary, its value has a very low ceiling. Isn't that true? And if you've ever gotten a car or some possession, it's not long before that thing wears off. The desire and the delight of having that thing wears off. And it starts to get bad. It starts to break down. Just recently, my car started making some noise. I'm going to have to take it in. And it's getting more miles on it. And things are just going to start breaking down with cars and bodies (laughs) the older we get. So if it's temporary, if anything is temporary and doesn't live beyond The 60, 70, 80 years that we have, it doesn't make it wrong. It makes it shallow. It makes its value very, very low. But Christ and his kingdom, on the other hand, they never end. Think about that. I know it makes the brain hurt, but think about Jesus. He never began and he never ends. The kingdom of heaven never ends ends. It never depreciates. You can explore it for the rest of eternity and you won't get any further to knowing it than when you started. Now, go back to our deep souls, right? They want something big and huge that can fill it. Well, the kingdom of heaven and Jesus Christ himself are bigger than our deep souls. So what actually happens is when you dump Jesus into your deep soul, it actually overflows. It's too big. But we leave satisfied because now we're full. We're full. The depth and the vastness of Jesus Christ and his gospel just goes on and on and on to without end. And I want you to consider what that would be like to be in the kingdom of God and never, ever, ever get bored. Never, ever, ever wonder what you're going to do with your time. There is so much to explore, so much to unlock, that for the rest of each, et- we need an eternity to uh, uncover it all. You can't reach the end of exploring them. And that's reason number two we need nothing but Jesus is because the world, it's temporary. It's not going to do it for us. It's not going to satisfy. And it's not going to last. Get the best toys, the best status, the best success, the most money you can, and when you die, you'll lose it all. That's number two. Number three reason we need nothing but Jesus is because without Jesus, sin and death is our legacy and our destiny. Guys, without payment for and salvation from our sins, we have nothing to look forward to except condemnation. Without Jesus, life on this earth doesn't matter because there's no hope. If you take hope away from somebody, you've taken everything. Without hope, we have nothing. And if we don't have Jesus Christ, we don't have any hope. Meaning, sin... And death is what we have to look forward to, and that is hopeless. Without hope, life is meaningless. That's why the first thing Jesus did when he gave us eternal life is he took our sin away. He defeated death for us, and he gave us hope. Hope beyond the grave, because he knows we need it. Without Jesus, we're hopeless. That's number three. Number four is Everything good on this earth compared to Jesus is a shadow. A shadow. You guys know what shadows are, right? They're a likeness of something, but they're not the reality of something. And regardless of how impressive a shadow is, it's a sad substitute for the reality, is it not? It's not the reality that you're looking for. It's a shadow. And we have a lot of shadows in this world. We have a lot of things that are kind of good, but the reality is so much greater. And if you and I have the reality of Jesus and his kingdom, what can shadows do for us anymore? I can't be satisfied with shadows. I have the reality of Jesus. Everything that is good on this earth is a shadow of the reality of Jesus Christ. But now that I have Jesus, I don't need the shadows anymore. Now, shadows are fine if that's all you have. But once you have the reality of Jesus in your souls, you don't need to play shadow puppets any longer. I want real joy. I want real hope. I don't want the illusion of it. I don't want a likeness of it. I don't want a sampling of it. I want the real joy and hope, and that can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the creator of everything. And that's reason number four is because everything good on this earth is a shadow in comparison to Jesus Christ. And number five, reason we need nothing but Jesus is that Jesus Christ, He's our Maker. He made you. He made you. He created you. Nobody knows us like Jesus. Nobody. Now, I know my wife pretty well. In fact, I would say, maybe my mother-in-law would argue this, but I would say I know my wife better than anyone else on the planet. I know my wife really, really well. I know what she likes. I know what she doesn't like. I know her strengths and her weaknesses. I know my wife really, really well. I don't think anybody knows my wife more than I do, but Jesus knows her better than me because he created her. He made her. He knows her makeup. He knows her DNA. He knows exactly how she thinks. And he knows each one of us as well. And he made us, that Jesus made you and I to yearn for eternal things. See, the devil, he's corrupted our minds. He's corrupted our minds to chase worldly endeavors. But our Lord, he can't watch us chase and give ourselves to what we were never made for. He knows that's just going to let us down. If we chase the world, and we chase the things of the world, we're going to be broke one day. We're going to be dissatisfied one day. And he can't watch it. He can't watch us chase things that he knows are never going to satisfy us. He's too good, he's too loving to watch us be brokenhearted for all eternity. He can't let it happen. He's going to do everything possible to not let that happen because he made us and he knows exactly what we want, exactly what we need, exactly what will satisfy us. And he's crying out to us today find me, find me, and don't stop until you do. And once you have me, never leave. Never, ever leave because nobody can love you like I do. Nobody can love us like Jesus loves us. He's our maker. Five reasons we need nothing but Jesus. And there's more than that, of course. But Satan, he has masterfully repackaged the gospel as the greatest joy stealing message that exists. That's how the devil packages the gospel. You don't want church and God and the gospel, it steals your joy. Go get it from the world. But we should all know better than that by now, right? We should know better than that by now. I've learned that trick. I've fallen into that trap way too many times. I should know better by now. I should be watching out for that trap every single day of my life because I've fallen in it before. And maybe you have as well. You see, Jesus in his gospel, he came to us when our lives were train wrecks. I remember that time, guys. I remember when my life was a train wreck, going nowhere, spiraling downhill, and that's when Jesus came to me. He picked me up. He dusted me off. He put me back together. He forgave me. And he put me back on the path of eternal joy. I like that picture because it says in Scripture, the Lord came to us while we were sinners. Not with condemnation or judgment, did he? But with compassion and with healing. That's what our Lord did. See, the gospel that we glory in today, it's like a long, cold drink to a weary desert wanderer. The gospel is like the jangling of keys coming to unlock us from our long-term prison cell. The gospel is the news of the disease that we long believed was terminal and going to kill us is now completely cured and we've regained our lives. The gospel is the debt collector coming to our home and letting us know that our debts have been paid by an anonymous person and we no longer owe them anything. That's what the gospel is. Jesus and his gospel is our life. It is our livelihood. Where would we be without Jesus and his sacrifice for us? I want you to consider today how hopeless you'd be without Jesus. Where would you be without him? I mean, think about that for a moment. Where would you be if Jesus never came and forgave your soul, sin, never restored your soul, never picked you up, never put you on the path of God, where would you be today without him? Imagine being utterly and entirely alone for the rest of eternity. You don't have God. You don't have his love. It's you and your sins for the rest of eternity. Let's fast forward to the last chapter of 1 Corinthians. Take your Bibles and go to chapter 15 now as we close our sermon for today. And I want you to hear what Paul says as he reiterates what he's been saying this entire book in 1 Corinthians. Look at verses 1 to 4 of 1 Corinthians 15. You know what? I don't know if that's that's the passage I'm looking for. Yeah, that's a portion of it. Let's read verses 1 to 4, though. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word i preached to you unless you believed in vain for i delivered to you as first importance what i also received that christ jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised in the third day in accordance to the scriptures paul pleads with us today to not become distracted with what's going on in this world he says we've been transferred from the world to the kingdom of heaven Meaning this world is no longer our home. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad that the world is no longer your home? Look around you this past year. What if this earth was your home? Wouldn't that be sad? Wouldn't that be devastating? Does anyone want this world to be their home? No, thank you. In fact, I'm on off this ride. This ride is making me nauseated. Every single day I'm on it. I don't want this world to be my home. And thankfully, because of Jesus Christ, it's not anymore. It's not anymore. If you follow Jesus by faith and what happens to this world, it's of little importance to you because your treasures are locked up somewhere else in heaven, guarded by God himself. You have a home that is perfect and eternal. Thanks to Jesus Christ. Go to verses 22 to 26. Paul says this. Speaking about our first ancestor, our great great grandfather, all of us Adam. He says, for as an Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then it is coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power, for he must reign. Until he has put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death. Christian, you don't need this world. You don't need it. You don't need to be consumed with the news reports. You don't need to be anxious about a little virus circulating the globe. You don't need to be frazzled by the rises and falls of the stock markets or the small businesses closing around you. You don't need to fear the future. Whether you'll fall victim to COVID 19 or you'll face financial hardship in 2021, you don't need to find your securities and riches in the world or the things in the world. And you don't need to hang your hat upon the future health of America. You are loved by the Maker of all creation. He has counted your every hair, He has given you a nameplate at His banquet table in heaven. He is proudly wearing the scars of his love for you for the rest of eternity. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they bow down to him every morning and every evening. The universe trembles at his voice. The enemies of darkness fear his very word. The Lord of all creation thinks about your welfare every single day, and he governs the world So that you are in the best position imaginable to be loved by him for the rest of eternity. Christian, why are you waiting in the shallow pool? When the Lord has told you that the deep end will not only not hurt you. But it's where all your blessings lie. It's where all your blessings are. Are you looking to your life on the earth or are you looking to your life in the kingdom of God? Where are you today? Practically speaking. Are you waiting in the shallow pool, or are you diving into the deep end? Let's notice how Paul finishes his letter, the part TGD read for us in 1 Corinthians 15, 51-58. This is how Paul caps it off at the end of this letter. He says in 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, which means die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in the last trumpet, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, your—excuse me knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Guys, we have nothing but Jesus. And because of that, we have everything. We have nothing but Jesus. And because of that, we have everything. See, Paul's not a motivational speaker. That's not what Paul was. He was an ambassador, he's a representation of God to this earth to tell us to stop living like we have no hope beyond this world and beyond the grave. He's telling us to cease the self harm of putting all our hopes, all our securities in this petty, useless world and to start investing in Christ and his commandments. Because we know he's real. I hope you know he is real. This is real. This is not a myth. This is not a fairy tale. This is the most real thing we can talk about. The kingdom of heaven is real. And I hope we know by now that anything that comes from Jesus is so far more valuable than anything in the world. Which makes living for this world a foolish and dangerous endeavor. See, 2021 is here, and we're being told the darkest days are ahead of us. Christian, make no mistake. If you're in Christ, your darkest days are behind you. Behind you. Your brightest days are ahead of you. But only if you remain steadfast in the work of the Lord and remember that your work for him will not be in vain. Serving Jesus is going to pay off. Keep going. Keep going. It's real, it's coming, and it's going to be worth it. If you step off the path of Christ he has placed you on, then you lose every benefit. You go back to the shallow end. You don't have any hope. You don't have any security beyond what you're holding in your hands this very moment. And we know that what you're currently holding on to is going to be taken away from you one day soon. We're all going to lose what we have in this life. And the Lord, he doesn't want us to suffer great loss on the last day. He doesn't want us to stand there empty-handed, broken-hearted. He wants us to get on the same page this year. He wants us to say yes. Say yes to the Jesus and the kingdom of heaven that we've been learning and talking about. Jesus is not the joy stealer that the devil is propagating. He is your joy. He's the only true joy. He's the only real security that exists and the earth cannot offer us what Jesus has promised to give us. You see, but this message today, is only as valuable as the choices we make from this moment on. If you and I get pumped up today and we go, yes, thank you, that's right, amen, and then tomorrow we lose our focus, it doesn't matter, it's meaningless. Because we have to make lifelong lasting decisions that we invest everything we have to we have into Jesus and His kingdom, while there's still time to do so, because I don't know if there's a tomorrow. I don't know if we have another week or another year. I don't know if 2022 will make it here. I don't know that, and neither do you. So today, right now is the time to start investing in the kingdom of God, because as we said before, we have nothing but Jesus. and because of that we have everything. You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the heroes of the faith, he would eventually lose his life. Did you know that? He would die. And lose his life for standing and proclaiming the message of the gospel. Or would he? Or would he? If you have your Bibles, join us in our last passage, Philippians 3, before we close. Philippians 3 is one of the most powerful passages in the entire scripture. So you look at Paul and go, well, he died. I don't know if I want to go that way. Paul died for the sake of the the gospel. He lost his life. But listen to the language of Paul in Philippians 3. Let's start in verse 7. Paul says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now even tell you with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Listen to the description. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Paul did not lose his life for following Jesus Christ. On the contrary, he gained it. He's telling us that we too can forever gain our life by losing or sacrificing our current earthly life for the sake of this Lord Jesus and his commandments. You see, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. We may not have tomorrow. We need to seize the day. We need to regain our lives or gain our lives for the first time By giving everything we have to Jesus and letting this world know that we are unashamed and followers, unashamed ambassadors of the King who is going to reign for all eternity. And if so, perhaps Sunday, January 17th, will be the day that you finally and fully gain your life by yielding your life now to Jesus and his commandments. And if you do, and if so, you will look back on this day and say, that was the day. That was the day I learned there's nothing but Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I am a conduit to your word. These are not my opinions or my messages or my opinions. I'm simply declaring what your scriptures speak. But Father, we need this more than we need anything right now. We need Jesus Christ. We need to remember where the hope, where the security lies, where the deep end is. It's not in the deepest conversations of this world that are going on right now. We need to go deeper, far deeper than that. We need to look to Jesus today. We need to remember who he is, the fact that he loves us, the fact that he made us, the fact that he is the only one who could fill our deep, deep souls We need to remember that we don't need shadows. We need the reality. We need to remember that he holds the keys to eternal life. And only he. Father, I don't want to chase the shallow things of this life. And I don't want anyone I love to do so either. I want us to all dive into the deep end of eternal things. And to stay there. Father, I pray for the souls in this room. That you'd help us all dive into the deep end. Either for the first time or maybe for the first time in a while, and to remember how good it is to be near Jesus. Thank you for what he's done. Thank you for all that you are to us. We give you the glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.